Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? It is the Believe in Blazer podcast presented by Bet Online. I am your host, Stephen Vaughn. I am with my co-host, Tori Jones. Tori, what is going on, my man? It's uh, it's a late Monday night when we're recording this. How are you feeling? Uh, I've been running around all day, so I finally get to sit down and relax and talk some hoops. Unfortunately, not as thrilled as the last couple of times that I talked to you, but uh, still optimistic. Yeah, uh, we just saw Andrew Nemhard uh, hit the three, so against the LeBron and the Lakers for the loss. So as a Blazer fan, that always feels good. Yeah, and as a Gonzaga fan, it's good to see Andrew Nemhard hit a buzzer-beating three on LeBron. So it was uh, nice in two ways for me. Yeah, double good for you, but just you know, single good for us uh, Blazer fans. And you know, a good way to make money is betting against the Blakers. Tori, I don't know if you know this, the Lakers just kind of been bad this year. Good way to make some money is to bet on them. And of course, you can do that at Bet Online. Because basketball's back, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easy way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, the World Cup. We got conference championship games and college football. I'm psyched about that. Like I said, bet against the Lakers. You're going to win some money there. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50%. Welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE. That is BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So shout out to them. And yeah, dude, for real, you could probably make some money on the Lakers, but you can make some money on the Blazers too. The Blazers have been good against the spread this year. They've lost... Last couple of games against the spread, uh, Brooklyn did not cover. Uh, I'm trying to think of going back to their schedule. I remember they did not cover against Cleveland, but they covered against Milwaukee. Uh, just I want to get your sense of the Blazers right now. Uh, you know, as we're recording, they're 11 and nine. They've lost a few games in a row. Dame is hurt, but what's your vibe? What's your sense of this team right now? How are you just feeling in an overall sense right now with the Portland Trailblazers? Uh, my senses we're still figuring out exactly what this team is. We've barely been able to see this team healthy. I think Chauncey might be figuring out what this team is. Uh, right now, they're missing a point of attack defender. It sucks that they don't have Gary Payton the second. Certain forwards on this team that are good defenders or thought to be good defenders who maybe played good defense earlier in the season have been struggling, in my opinion. Um, name names. You got name some, names. Uh, we got Jeremy Grant's been struggling. Justice Winslow's been struggling. Uh, Nasir Little has really been struggling. Shane Sharp, who I thought was okay defensively to start the year, he's been awful defensively. Uh, so just not a good defensive stretch here for the Blazers. We were talking about how they were top 10. Now they're all the way down at 19th. But it is a hard schedule. They don't have their best perimeter of uh, perimeter defender in Gary Payton the second. Chauncey keeps making mistakes putting Jeremy Grant up against guards, and that has not worked once. So I don't know why he's done it 10 times this season. We saw Josh Hart get to guard Kevin Durant when the Blazers manned up against Brooklyn last game. Uh, That was the second game where Josh Hart got the assignment on Kevin Durant in man-to-man defensive sets instead of Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy Grant ended up guarding Kyrie. Uh, So there's a lot that I think goes into the struggles defensively right now. Offensively, we can get into that because I think there's some struggles there. But what's your sense of this team defensively? Because I know you uh, were a little bit lower on them defensively. And I was hyping up their defensive start. 
now they're starting to regress so are you buying this regression do you think it's something that is due to a number of factors that might uh not be factors in the future like what's your sense of this defensive struggle yeah i think you touched on it a little bit you know the whole jeremy grant thing guarding guards i feel like that experiment is not working like you said and it needs to go away um and chauncey hasn't done that and so that's one thing against chauncey i want to say like he's tried some new things but now that I feel like teams are more scouted against it, teams are going against it a lot more, he needs to adjust again and make more adjustments. I think a little less zone is great. They've been going the zone. But I think the defense in overall, in, you know, in a generality, is fine. I think it's just been a really tough stretch. And, you know, I talked about adversity a couple episodes back. I think this is a real test of their adversity. And it's been a very tough stretch with those teams. They started out so hot. Now they're playing really good teams. I don't think that the Blazers' defense is that bad. Uh, you know, like you said, number 19 right now on basketball reference defensive rating. I think they're more 15. I think they're more of a top half of the of the NBA, but more towards the middle, uh, not towards 20, more towards, you know, 15, 14, 13 around there. So I do think there's a lot of room for improvement. But um, yeah, there's some things defensively I am not liking. And like you said, it's that um, the point of attack defender, the on-ball defender. That's what they brought Gary Payton the second in to do. He hasn't been able to do it because of the injury. And they're missing that right now. And it's I need I want someone on this team to really step up and be that guy. We thought a lot of these dudes could be it, whether it was Nasir Little being very athletic, or Jeremy Grant, now that he's on a good team, will his dedication to that side of the ball be better? It just hasn't necessarily worked out for any of these guys. And I am worried just slightly about that, Tori, is that they don't have that alpha defender that says, you know what, I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna shut a guy down every single night. Or at least make it tough on them. And, you know, when you play these good teams, especially in the NBA, some of these teams have one dude that can beat you. And the Blazers don't have a guy that can guard them. So I am definitely worried about that. Do you think the Blazers are more, uh, like I said, more towards like 15 in the middle there? Or can they still be a higher defense of that towards the top 10? Because like I said, you know, we've talked about this numerous times, stories. Top 10 defense is where you got to shoot for. Like if you want to be a championship team, you got to try to get to that top 10. I don't think the Blazers our championship level defensive team um, for a whole season. They can do it in stretches, but at the overall season is not going to be that way. Do you think they can get back to that uh, when they get fully healthy and, you know, get GP2 on the court? I don't know about getting back to it. Their schedule the rest of the season will be easier than many of other teams. That's a product of playing a hard schedule to start things off. But when healthy, I think this team has a chance to be in top 10. I said that two, three, four podcasts ago. I don't remember, but I said that on a previous podcast, like this team can absolutely be top 10, but that is dependent upon Gary Payton, the second coming back and his return got delayed. That is dependent upon some of the guys that were playing good defense to start the season, continuing that. Unfortunately, that hasn't been the case. The two main guys, Justice Winslow and Jeremy Grant have not been getting it done on the defensive end whatsoever. Justice Winslow has been, I think, poor on the defensive end, especially matched up against guards. And that goes back to the problem. There is really nobody that can guard a good guard on this team right now. And Justice Winslow, I don't, he, he hasn't been cutting as much. He hasn't been defending with the same intensity. I don't know if there's a lingering injury but he's always had a lingering injury throughout his entire career he's missed a lot of games uh and then Jeremy Grant just is not being utilized properly he should be a guy that's able to help around the rim a little bit more play off ball a little bit more uh but he's guarding guards and I said it before the season you do not want to match him up against guards that run through a lot of pick and rolls because he struggles at navigating screens 
Everything else defensively, I think he's fine, but he's terrible navigating screens. I said that going into game one because I watched back the bubble film from when everybody was ra raving about his defense, especially lockdown defense on stars. And that's the main thing I noticed was he's actually really bad getting through screens. And it's exactly what I've seen through the first 20 games. I wouldn't have put him on De'Aaron Fox to start game one, but Chauncey did. Chauncey keeps putting him on these guards. These guards keep going off. Kyrie had a, had a good game last game. De'Aaron Fox had a great game in game number one. Luka Doncic has had a great game. Kevin Durant is going up against Josh Hart or his own, or, you know, Justice Winslow if he's playing against some bench guys, and he's had a couple of good games against us. The Blazers have really struggled shutting down stars or slowing them down. The only one they have is Nikola Jokic, and that was because he didn't really seem interested in shooting. Uh, but... Uh, the forwards have to be better defensively. They were good defensively to start the season. Now it just seems like the intensity is different. And even Jeremy Grant's been lazier, I feel like, lately. He had some lazy moments against the Knicks. Um, so it just feels like the general intensity is down. Maybe the zone's figured out a little bit more. And maybe these guys are gassed. Uh, that's a, that's another thing. What are, what are you thinking? Yeah, uh, another guy, Jalen Brunson, he dominated the Blazers as well. Another guard, and, and that goes back to just years past, is a good guard has been able to take care of the Blazers on that side of the ball for so many years, and it's not changing. It's not changing this year. I, I think that's the sad part is at some point you would hope to get a guy in there, and hopefully that is GP2 when he gets back. But you know what, Tori, I'm having uh, a lot of questions about when he does come back. So, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Like, it's just... They just don't have the dudes to guard it, and they don't have the depth as well. And you've been on you, you know. I feel like you've been a little lower on Justice Winslow than everyone else has, and I think you're being right. Like you are being looked at as the right party in this one because he has been terrible. I mean, terrible uh, the last few games. And I was willing to give him a break on the offensive side. Like he's not an offensive player, but now that he's not even producing defensively, to go out and shoot thirty-seven percent and not be a threat at all from outside of what 12 15 feet like that's really gonna hurt the Blazers offensively and it, you know right now without Dame they can't afford to be an average offensive team they have to be above average offensive team but they're just not that right now without Dame so I, I do think there's a lot of problems right now with Portland I, I'm with you though I'm still not ready to you know give up on it because I need to see him fully healthy. I need to see Dame out there. And that's the other thing I wanted to bring up here uh, real quick, just to transition is, do you think there's anything still to the fact that we haven't seen Dame and Ant play much together that when Dame does come back, there's still going to be that adjustment time uh, between him and Ant to figure out each other on the offensive side. No, not really. Uh, Ant playing off the ball is not really much of an adjustment for him. I don't think he's not as ball dominant as CJ is. He is more of a catch-and-shoot guy, more of a play-within-the-flow type of guy, and I think he's struggled being the lead guard at times with Dame out. He's had some inefficient nights. Now, I still feel like Blazer fans have started to underrate him. He's still having a decently efficient season. He's getting to the free-throw line more. I think he was setting a career-high finishing from two uh, last time I checked. Uh, just the three-point shooting was down around 36%. He was a 40 to 42% three-point shooter the couple years before that. So uh, he's having to take some tough threes, being that main guard, shooting off the dribble with a hand in the face, shooting off screens, some deeper threes. With Dame being back, he should be able to hopefully get more catch-and-shoot threes and get hot that way. 
the best we've seen him shoot, he was playing off of Dame against Denver in that third quarter earlier on this season, and Dame was feeding him. So I think it's just a situation where if you have both guys healthy, both guys are a threat to get hot on any given night. And it's just a situation where, okay, if one guy gets hot, how does the other uh, fit off of that? And I think they've showed that earlier this season when Ant got hot, Dame was willing to feed him. And Dame got him looks. And Dame got him going. He's done that for years with CJ. With Ant, it's it's more so uh, just continuing to get better at making the right reads, not turning the ball over. He had a lot of silly turnovers earlier this season. And it's a lot of individual stuff where he just has to focus on his own game. I don't think there's much of an adjustment period that will be needed with those two guys playing together. Yeah, I don't think it'll be a lot of adjustment. I think there's going to be a little adjustment just because they are two star players. And the fact that Ant has been the lead guard with Dame out, I think it's going to take a little bit, but... I agree with you. Like they are smart players that have already shown the ability early in the season um, to play off one another. So I'm not too worried about that. The thing I was worried about, and I talked about this, you know, a couple episodes back, is just I felt like the team came out at the start of the season and played with a sense of urgency because they wanted to prove that last year was a fluke and it was all the injuries. And you even said it, like the energy seems down a little bit with the Portland Trailblazers on the defensive side, especially. Um, do you think that has more to do with the fact that they've had a really tough schedule or to what I was saying in that they came out just more with a sense of urgency felt like they had to prove something. And now that they've proven like, okay, we are a solid team. They've kind of just backed off the brakes a little bit. I mean, they've played 14 games in 26 days. I think as much as anything, these guys could just be gassed because we've talked about it in the past. Chauncey is playing starters a ton of minutes, right? And it's like you look at this four-game road trip they just went on where they go one and three. Obviously, that's not good. But when you look at it deeper, they lose the first game to Milwaukee. And they were basically right where the spread line was, okay? They lose the second game to Cleveland. And there were some good moments about those games. But you're talking about you're playing without your superstar, and you're going on the road and playing two of the top three teams in the East. Okay, you would expect them to lose. Then they play the Knicks, who have been about a 500 team, in Madison Square Garden, and they get an overtime win, right? Okay, good win on the road. You look at the minutes played in that game. I don't remember it exactly off the top of my head, but you had multiple guys playing 46, 47 minutes, like insane minute numbers for a regular season game that only went to one overtime, right? And then fourth game of the road trip, fourth game of an Eastern Conference road trip after playing heavy, heavy minutes the game before, they look like the intensity isn't the same and the effort level isn't the same. I think that could just be them being gassed and they're in the middle of this stretch of November and this is why November was such a tough month, which is why I was just hoping for 500 out of November. 16 games in 29 days. They have two games left, the Clippers and the Lakers. A lot of those games have been on the road. A lot of those games have been against good teams. They've been injured, so some guys have had to play heavier minutes than normal. Uh, I think part of it could be psychological where they were out to prove something at the start of the season, ended up 10-4, and four, and then kind of felt like, okay, well, we've proven ourselves, and now they're 11-9 and nine and in the middle of the pack. But I think as much as anything, it could just be these guys are gassed. They need a little bit more depth. They need to get healthier. And uh, the starters need to not play as many minutes. And they need some rest days. Yeah, you talk about the depth and that New York game. It is wild to look at those minutes. Uh, they only played eight players in that game. Every starter was at almost 38 minutes. Nurk was just under 38. Everyone else was above that. Ant was right at 47 minutes. So... Yeah, you're right. Like, you take out the overtime period, that's still in the 40s for Anthony Simons. 
Um, which, you know, leads me to one of my talking points I wanted to talk about today was just the depth in general. And uh, with Shane Sharp, I feel like he's really slowed down the last few games. Uh, he's struggled. I'm not worried about it. Uh, I don't even think it's the rookie wall. I think he's just had a couple off games. But with him not playing well, that takes another guy out of the rotation for you if you're the Portland Trailblazers. So right now with you, the Blazers not being healthy and Dame out, I mean, the bench is what? Basically, Nasir Little, Trended Watford, and Drew Eubanks has not even been fully healthy as well. So, like, are you worried at all about the depth? And um, is there a move that needs to be made soon to try to get another player that you can play? Or is the answer on the bench already uh, in, like, a guy like Jabari Walker or if Keon Johnson ever gets fully healthy? Or do you have to wait till GP2 comes back? Because right now the depth isn't good for Portland and you can't count on it at all. Yeah, first off, I don't think you necessarily completely bench Shaden Sharp. He's been really bad defensively, but he also could have potentially gotten gassed. He never dealt with the rigors of a college basketball season, let alone 16 games in 29 days in the NBA. So his intensity has looked bad. His body language has looked kind of bad, but this is his first time traveling like this uh, as part of a basketball team. You know what I mean? So he has to psychologically learn how to deal with it. Like as far as Shaden Sharp goes, I, I he needs to play better, but I'm not too worried. Go ahead. I want to ask you one more thing about Shaden Sharp real quick. Has anybody like in, in the Blazers Uprise group, have they been talking about how Maybe Shane Sharp needs to be benched because I haven't heard it anywhere. I haven't seen it on Twitter. I haven't seen anything, which is good. Like, I think we're all recognizing the Blazers need to play this guy and play through some of the struggles. Have you seen any of that talk happening? Because if you have, I feel like that's pretty crazy. I mean, I've seen a little bit and I kind of get it. If you're trying to win games and this dude is this bad defensively as he has been, then it's hard to keep him on the court. So I understand both sides of the argument there. Obviously, you want to continue to develop him, but at what cost? Uh, he has to be giving better effort. Even if he is tired, he has to give better effort. There is a couple plays, defensive plays on this road trip where it just seemed like he absolutely gave up. And body language has to be better. So, you know, it's a teachable coaching thing. He's 19 years old. And he's another one of those guys, right? Like you talked about the team, they came out of the gates hot and it was like they had arrived Shane Sharp came out of the game gates hot and it was like he arrived and now he's struggling to shoot the ball he is dealing with a finger that he broke so maybe that's part of it but it's not like he's missing bad outside that terrible turnaround fadeaway he decided to shoot um I forget which game that was but that was just a bad shot uh you know, that's that's the thing with him is he struggled, but I wouldn't be surprised if he came out next game and was three for four from three and seven for nine from the field and had 16, 17 points, right? It's just the defensive end, he's struggled. And I don't know if it's just, um, you know, something that we should have fully expected him being a rookie. I expected him to have his moments and his lumps. Uh, I didn't know if they would look quite this bad as he as they have lately, but... He looked better than I thought defensively to start the season. So he's probably just going to be inconsistent on that end. Um, the shooting, he wasn't going to shoot 47% the rest of the year. So that's the thing with this team and with him is expectations went through the roof and now they're kind of coming back down to earth. Whenever expectations get that high because of a hot start, it always sucks a little bit more when you know a guy like that starts struggling or the team starts struggling. Yeah, it was just such a surprise to see him play so well from the get-go, right? Like, we, we were expecting a lot of things out of him, and he exceeded basically everybody's expectations those first 10 games or so. And so, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm not worried about it. I think you still got to play him through the struggles because he is that type of player that 
you need to have later on in the season. If this team wants to be any type of playoff contender, they need a guy like Shane Sharp to be good offensively and defensively. So no, I'm with you. Like nothing to worry about. Um, it could be a lot of different things and it would be understandable if it is as well. Um, so yeah, so go, you know, I'll talk about, uh, so talk about the depth a little bit here, Tori. Do you, so it, you know, Shane Sharp been struggling a little bit. Um, Drew Eubanks has been in and out. You talk about, uh, you know, Keon Johnson been in and out of the lineup. GP2 still not back. What is the answer for this depth unit and the bench unit? Because right now, you can rely on Trenton Wofford, who's had a bit. He's been okay this year. He's done Trenton Wofford things. Um, you know, I talked about Drew Eubanks. He is going to be Drew Eubanks. He's going to be up and down and do Drew Eubanks things. And then Seer Little as well, very up and down. Are you worried at all about the depth of this team? Because right now, to me, the fact that Justice Winslow, like if he has to start and you have to play him a lot, like he's your perfect bench guy. He can't be that guy. But when he's in the starting unit, this bench unit is really poor. Yeah, well... I think there's something missing from the bench unit. When you look at a lot of these guys, even when Gary Payton the second comes back, or even Keon Johnson is here, where's the shot creation and where's the shooting? Uh, you don't have a like three point specialist type of guy on that bench unit. You don't have a guy that can come in like a Malik Beasley or Duncan Robinson a couple years ago, or a guy like that. You know, Ben Mclemore kind of for a stretch last season for Portland was that guy. His shooting fell off, but Seth Curry's one of those guys, and he torched us last game. You don't have that guy that can come in and like really provide spacing for the bench unit. It's you got Gary Payton the second when he gets back. He's always been a questionable shooter. Justice Winslow's always been a bad shooter. Keon Johnson still don't know how good of a shooter he is. Nasir Little will be great one month and then he'll be terrible the next month. And it seems like he's entering his month of terrible shooting. He's like four for his last 18 from three or something like that. Um... Who else am I forgetting off the bat? Shaden Sharp shot the three ball well, but, um, you know, who knows what caliber of shooter he is for an entire season. He had a hot stretch. Who yeah, knows not how hot not of a stretch Watford's that is. Game. Not Trent Wofford's game. Eubanks isn't going to shoot a three. So where's your shooting? There's not enough shooting on that, on that bench. But then also, none of those guys you would rely on to consistently create shots. People talk about Justice Winslow being a playmaker, and the playmaker turn term is kind of ambiguous, he can pass, you would not rely on him to create his own shot or to really put pressure on the defense off the dribble. He's the type of guy where he'll come off a pick and roll, and if they don't guard it right, he'll make the lob pass to Drew Eubanks, right? Or he'll set a screen, roll if they trap, then he'll catch the ball at a short roll and then maybe make the right play, either getting all the way to the rim and laying it up or forcing the defense to rotate and kicking it to the quarter. He's like a connect a connective piece the problem is is the bench is all connective pieces there's really no one that can create their own shot at a high level uh, even even in terms of bench guys you look at every good team and it's like they have somebody that can create shots off the bench i think the problem is is when you don't have dame you don't end up staggering anthony simons with the bench unit because when Dame's healthy, you sub Ant out early. Ant comes back in with the bench lineup. He can provide some of that shooting and some of that playmaking. But without Dame, he's not playing with that bench unit. So I think that's part of the reason why the bench unit has looked so bad. But another thing that I think we're discovering is, yeah, you got all these nice pieces that are hypothetically high upside defensive pieces. You know, Justice Winslow, Gary Payton II, Nasir Little especially. But uh, where is your where is your shot creation? Where is your shooting? The thing is, is, I don't think this good defense is good enough 
to just go out and get a Malik Beasley or a guy like that. You need that person to also be a good defender. Those types of guys are not easy to get. So I don't really know what the answer is there, but I think it's I think it's more so they don't have the right mesh of skills with the bench lineup. Maybe they fix that by keeping two starters on the court at all times because in the starting lineup, when it's healthy, you got a bunch of guys that can do stuff off the dribble and can score. And even if you play Nurkic, you can at least run things through him and it will look a little bit better. Uh, so I think it's just a situation where you don't have enough shot creation off the bench and then when you don't have Dame then you're not able to stagger the starters with the bench in order to kind of offset that problem. No, you're right on. You touched on it. It's it's shot creators. And I think that, for me, that is the most important skill to have in the NBA. There's not too many guys that can create their own shot. On this Blazer team, you know, it's Dame, it's Anthony Simons, it's Jeremy Grant, and that's about it. Shaden Sharp kind of when he's on, but he hasn't been very, playing very well. Um, and then Yusuf Nurkic, I mean, if you count creating your own shot in the post, you can count him as well. But outside of those three guys that I named, Dame, Ant, Jeremy Grant, and Jeremy Grant to a lesser extent, a lot less extent, lesser extent than the, than the two guards, the players don't have anybody. And they're definitely missing that piece. It's not on this roster. It's going to have to be in the trade market at some point. So I don't know who's available right now. You know, I've been looking around, you know, just look at teams in the standings, at the bottom of the standings, and see if they got any players, you know, one-year deals, who the Blazers can go out and get. Um... I think it's got to be someone on a different roster right now. This team definitely needs more depth, and it's got to be that playmaker. Uh, it, there's always been the talk when it was Damon CJ how the Blazers needed that backup point guard. Well, you don't necessarily need a backup point guard. You just need another guy that can handle the basketball. Because right now, Justice Winslow handles the basketball too much for this team. Uh, you know, Josh Josh Hart was maybe thought to be that guy. He's not that guy. He's showing that this year. Like, well, okay, here let's take a detour here. Is Here's something that I would try and do in regards to Josh Hart, okay? I would, until Dame is back, make him the guy with the bench unit. Sub him out early. Still start him, of course. Sub him out early. Sub him back in with the bench lineup. Because when we saw him play last year for us, yes, it was a small sample, but he looked really good offensively. And he doesn't seem to have that same level of confidence. I don't think it's a situation where Josh Hart can't be close to the type of score that he was last year and the type of shot creator he was last year for the Blazers in the 11 or 12 games he played. I just think he's tried fitting in a role where he's trying to um, be unselfish and set guys up and be like the fifth option in the starting lineup, right? Until Dame is back, I would stagger Josh Hart with the rest of the starters, some back him with the bench, and say, when you're playing with the bench, you are the guy. I don't care if you go 2 for 10 with the bench lineup. Have the same approach you did last year. And then just see what you get. Maybe he can't live up to that. And maybe it doesn't go well. But the offense already isn't going well with the bench. On a positive side of things, if he can regain some rhythm that he had last year. And some confidence that he had last year. That could make him a better piece for the Blazers and potentially solve that problem where he can play some with the bench lineup and help out with that shot creation if the Blazers are missing Dame for a game. What do you think well, of that? that? No, I mean, that's what we said at the start of the year. That's why we thought Nasir Little should start, right? Like, we thought Josh Hart would be a better sixth man off the bench, being that guy off the bench unit uh, to be the go-to guy. I don't think that he can necessarily do it. Um I know he showed last year the 13 games with Portland averaging 20 points a game. He can do it. So, you know, I, you're right. If he comes off the bench and he can give you that kind of production he did last season with Portland, that would be unbelievable. Even if it is only for 13 games, 
you get Dame back, you get GP2 back, you get more healthy, that would be great. But he just hasn't never really shown that besides that 13-game stretch in his whole career. He didn't even show that in college, Tori. Like, that's never been his game to be like, I'm going to be the dude on offense. Like, he wasn't that at Villanova. He wasn't that with the Lakers or the Pelicans. He was that for 13 games with the Blazers, and it worked. But now he just seems very uncomfortable to shoot the basketball. I think it's a hard spot to put him in, but I'm definitely not against it because they got to try something. They got to give the – they got to try something. He was averaging 13 points per game in 33 minutes for the Pelicans. That was uh, a career high, so it wasn't that earlier in his career. Um, but if you're talking about him going up against a bench lineup, it's a little bit easier for him to potentially recapture some of the things he did last season for Portland. Like, yes, he shot the three ball well, but it was mostly he was really aggressive going to the rim. He picked his spots really well, and he finished really well. He's struggling finishing the ball this year. The past three years before this season, he finished the ball at a much higher clip. And he started off this season, he had a 20-point game against the Kings, and he was finishing the ball really well. Now, all of a sudden, he's not finishing the same. I don't think that's necessarily something that he can't regain. He's generally been a good finisher. When he played last year for Portland, he was just attacking more and still finishing. And he was getting to the free throw line at a higher clip, and he was also shooting a couple more threes per game, and he shot 37%. Right now, he's shooting 32% on the season, so his shot isn't falling at the same clip. But a lot of what he did last year for Portland, I feel like if he had that same confidence in that same rhythm, he could do against bench lineups. Uh, so so I don't know. I don't know if he can or not. I think it's possible. I think you play him with the bench lineup until Dame comes back because I still think Dame's going to be out another you know four or five games or so. You play him with the bench lineup until Gadeem comes back and try and challenge him to be that guy and just see how he responds. I think you're right. I Again, I don't know that it's going to work, but if you're Chauncey Billups, you got to try something because what's what he's trying right now is not working because he's not switching anything up. It's the same things over and over every single game, and now it's just becoming the L's because the Blazers aren't playing as well, they're not shooting as well, whatever it is. They're just not winning games, so you got to switch it up. you got to try something. I think Chauncey knows that. I just don't know if he's well, you know, willing to you know challenge someone like that, like Josh Hart, and say, you know what, I'm going to start you, or I'm going to bring you off the bench, but you're going to be mostly a second unit guy. Like I think that's tough to do to a vet, and I, you know, frankly, I don't know that Josh Hart is that type of player. So I'm with you. I want to see it. I want to see it happen because I want to see some change. But I really don't think that the bench guy that the Blazers need, you know, that secondary scorer off the bench, the secondary ball handler, playmaker. I don't think that the guys on the roster yet. I think they're going to have to go out and acquire that person. Uh, you talked about Dame injury, GP2 injury. We've talked about that numerous. Uh, just an easy question here, uh, and then go off on why why this is the answer, but who's the bigger injury concern right now for you? Is it Dame or GP2? I mean, if you take an importance into account, it would be Dame. I who do, you, who, do you th- who do you think will be out longer? I feel like GP2 will be out longer. I have no idea how long GP2 is going to be out. I'm starting to get to the point where it's, Okay, is this something where after a while they say, oh, well, it's still sore and that means we need to like redo the surgery and he's going to be out the rest of the year? I was going to say, would you be surprised if he doesn't play a game this year? I I still would be surprised because I don't think... I don't know if that is the possibility for this type of injury. I'm not a doctor. 
I, it could just be a situation where he just has to wait until the soreness is gone and, you know, it's nothing to do with the surgery being wrong or anything, but he just has to rehabilitate himself up to a certain point. And for some guys, it will take longer than for others, right? So that could be the case. It's just Dame, I expect back at some point in December, he has a calf strain. He just has to let that heal. That's not him coming off a surgery on his calf or anything. So I'm not worried about Dame being out until like January or February or anything like that. I think he'll be back before Gary Payton the second. I have no idea when Gary Payton the second is going to play and the Blazers kind of need him. So if you're talking about uh, either guy potentially being a longer term injury than we expect, that's GP2 at this point. Yeah, that's what I was kind of touching on is I think at this point, Tori, like, I don't think GP2 is going to be out for the year, but if he is, like, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, this whole situation where the Blazers didn't say anything, the surgery never came out until a couple months after, like, it just, it smells so bad. Like, I just hate it, and now that it just keeps pushing back, we get no updates, and it's, oh, it's another two weeks. Well, at some point, it's going to be another two weeks and another two weeks. And then, oh, might as well we'll just keep him out the rest of the season because you've signed him to a long-term contract. Like, I just, I don't like it, man. I don't like, the, I don't like this feeling. And you're right. Like, the Blazers need him. Like, they need him on the court because they need that guy that can guard somebody on the perimeter. So, like, it does worry me a little bit. This GP2 injury worries me a little bit. Am I, uh, am I crazy to think that or am I just uh, kind of freaking out or nothing? No, I mean, it's not crazy to be worried at this point. Uh, They were talking about he could be ready around the start of the season. Well, that was over a month ago, and now it's still, you know, a week away from reevaluation. But when this reevaluation date comes up, do not expect him to play, like, right after that date. I think at bare minimum it's going to be at least another week after that. Best case scenario is we expect him to see the court in about a week or so. Like, I, I could not see a scenario being better than that. Worst case scenario is, it's another two weeks. Which could equal, as you said, another 20 weeks. Who knows? So, best case scenario is, like, he plays about 30 games this year. Over under 30 games in GP2. No, year. that's not the best case scenario, because I still well, think there's a chance he comes back within the next month, and then... Well, what do you think? Give me, that's give before me halfway. Over, over under 30 and a half games this year for GP2. I think that's a good line. Not best case scenario is above that. So so that's all that's so all I was you, arguing. I was what, arguing what the semantics yeah, of that. Yeah. Best case scenario is he plays more. Over under thirty and a half is probably a good line. I uh I mean I uh, it's just speculating. I have no idea, man. I'm not no doctor. The, I, the, if the I was a doctor, under, I'd right? be wearing scrubs up here looking all good, looking all fancy, but the, uh Tori, you know the answer's the under, man. Like there. <laughs> I, he could come back tomorrow, and it would be very surprising. I, I, I'm just not. I'm not expecting him to be back until it actually happens. Like I just, I don't think he's coming back for a long time. I just really don't. Like I think this is worrisome for the Portland Trailblazers. Okay, but okay. Question, question. Why do you think that? Is it just because of the past? Is it because of the way this recovery is trended? Is yeah, it because, because of it, the specific injury? Because we're like, Blazer fans. We're Blazer yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. It's emotional. Yeah, so like, who knows? No. Like he's not. Fa- people say. People say he's. I'm getting Festus Azili vibes, but we're not talking about a knee. We're talking about an ab injury. I don't know, man. That could be true. I don't think anybody should uh, expect it to be a long time. Like, I don't think anybody should sit here saying like, yeah, he's going to be out till February or March or whatever. I, I think it's 
something where we just don't know. Purely don't know. That's why I don't even want to say anything in regards to the spread, because he could be out the rest of the year. He could be back in the middle of December. If he's back in the middle of December, like, it's... We're fine, right? But that's the thing is, I think because of how things have gone in the past with, like, Festus Zeely and then Nurk when he was coming off his leg, that kept... That got pushed back and pushed back. And then all of a sudden, he was supposed to return on March 15th and the league got canceled on March 12th. So, I think those prior experiences have Blazer fans, like, really worried as Blazer fans. Like, oh, he's never going to see the court because this is taking too long. Like, we're, it's just not going to happen. Uh, he was supposed to be back in October. It's going to be December. And who knows? So, I understand that. I just... Log if I try and look at it logically, but I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, I, I'm fully willing to admit it's pure speculation, Tori. It's pure speculation. I have no idea. I, I, I've asked people. They can't give me an answer. I have no idea, but it's just, uh, as a Blazer fan, I've been bitten too many times. I'm not I'm not going to be uh, disappointed this time. So I'm expecting nothing, and if I get anything out of Gary Payton II, I will be happy. Um, you said before the show you had a couple of questions you, uh, you brought out to your fans, and you brought them out, so uh, why don't you give them to me? Yeah, yeah, so I live-streamed earlier today on Blazers Up Res Live, which is my second YouTube channel. You can find both YouTube channels by just going on YouTube and searching Blazers Space Uprise. Blazers Uprise. U-P-R-I-S-E. Uprise. Remember Rip City Uprise? That's where I got the name from for the channel. The Rip City Uprise slogan from a decade ago or so. Yeah, it was a little longer than that, man. I'm getting old. Anyway, yeah, I asked my live-stream chat a couple of questions, and... I want to get your answer to those questions, and then I'm going to have you guess as to what my fan base over on YouTube answered and see if you can guess the fan pulse correctly, the pulse of the fans. We're going to see if you're in tune with the with my viewer base, all right? So uh, I asked them, the first question was, what are your feelings on the first 20 games? There's four options, Steven. It's excited, content, disappointed or confused Ooh, uh i'm gonna say excited I excited think, i think uh i think blazer fans would feel excited and i would i would vote excited i i'm definitely more excited than i was going into the season i had a lot of i had very low expectations uh but i've seen some things that i really enjoy and i've seen some things that have been good like it's been a fun product besides the last few games to watch and i do think that chauncey billups can be a good coach. I think Shane Sharp could be a star. So, you know, Dane's been hurt. I, I would vote excited. Now, the fans, I would say the fans probably voted confused. And the reason I think the fans vote confused is because they weren't expecting a lot. They got a lot. And now it's been kind of a roller coaster, right? Down, up, down, up, down. And a lot of injuries. So I think the fans are confused where I'm more excited. Yeah. Uh, I was in between... I picked content, but I was in between, between content and excited. If I had to pick between excited and disappointed, I would pick excited. Um, what do you think Eric picked? My guy Eric Brandt over there. Oh, um, content. He he, he can't be disappointed. He didn't he? even give me an exact. He didn't even give me an exact answer, but he was leaning towards disappointment. So how, how could he be disappointed though in this team? Like they weren't expected it to was, have anything. It was. It It's just like the way it's trending. Yeah. That the way sense. it's trended the last six to eight games. Um, you said you thought that my fan base would vote confused. That was 21% of the vote. 50% voted content. 15% voted disappointed. And only 13% voted excited. Man, am I too optimistic right now? Am I the No, I just... It's, it's funny because 
your expectations going into the season shape your mindset, but then also how much you buy into the hot start will also shape your mindset. So that's the thing. And that's what I was talking about on that stream earlier today is if you take a step back and just evaluate things in its totality, there's no reason why anybody should be disappointed because they've played the second hardest schedule, maybe even the hardest schedule in the league, depending on what you look at. They've missed Dame half the time and they're sitting here at 11 and nine. They've also missed their best defender the entire time. They're sitting here at 11 and nine against all of that. They've played 60% of their games on the road. Like if we look at any other team and they're going up against that, and they've had a superstar that's out the entire time, we're sitting here like, oh, well, imagine once they start facing easy teams when they have their superstar back, they're going to go on a run, right? Look at who they've beaten. Like, we beat Phoenix twice. We've beaten um, we've beaten New Orleans without our guys. Uh, like, we've had to play Milwaukee and Cleveland already once. Three games against Phoenix, we all have to play them the rest of the year. That's a only legitimately good team in the West right now. We also beat Denver, who's the second best team in the West right now. So if we were on the outside looking in, we'd look at that and say, okay, that team's going to be legit. But as Blazer fans, we got so hyped up after the first 14 games that it's been tough to stomach losing some games. It's been tough to stomach six out of seven losses. So I feel like people after that, it's it's very tough on them and they're disappointed because of it, you know? No, I, I get it. That makes more sense. Because, um, yeah, I'm looking at it from a totality point of view. I mean, I you, you I love Ken Palm. College basketball, I'm a big college basketball guy. You're a big college basketball guy. I don't know if you like Ken Palm, but I like to have look at some stuff. He does uh, he does some NBA stuff a little bit. He has the Blazers as the third hardest schedule of the season. So, like, to be 11-9, and nine, and I believe it's been, like, four or five games the Blazers have been favorited uh, in Vegas in the point spread. Like, I love looking at that stuff. And to have 11 wins, I think – that's why I'm excited. Like they've won a lot of games they should not have won. And I think that is the stuff that good teams do, right? When good teams don't play well and they still get wins, that's what I'm excited. So that's why I'm excited about it. I understand if you're just taking a look at the last, you know, eight, nine games, whatever it is, you could be disappointed. But um, to have a, some injuries and to not play your best and still be 11 and nine on the season, playing a really tough schedule, I, I'm excited, man. I, I, I think that there's a lot of things about this Blazer team that you can build for going forward because this isn't a finished product. I think you you can admit that too. Like this is not a finished product of this roster. There needs to be more, but there's some pieces you can build around. Yeah, and that's the thing is what's an 82-game regular season for if it's not to figure out, okay, where are we struggling? What do we need? What skills are we missing? And then try and address them at the trade deadline. You have all these games to figure out your team and figure out where you're lacking and try to address it via trade or even buyout market. That's what the good teams do to become great teams. And you have all these games to improve on your weaknesses. So it's not a situation where we're doomed at 11 and 9 sitting at 6th or 7th in the West. We're like a game and a half behind 2nd right now. Or I think maybe it's two games now. I think, uh, let me pull up the standings here. Right now, the Blazers are two games behind second. They're a game behind third, Steven. They're I one mean, game out of third. They're also a game and a half from 11th. So, the uh, West is just such a jumble. Exactly. So, every team's going through this. Injury-wise, we've probably had it as rough, if not rougher, than pretty much every team in the West. Schedule-wise, we've had it rougher than any team in the West. Like, yeah. So, overall, overall, it's a situation where nobody should be upset. Because of the things that have gone against Portland, they're still 11-9. and nine. 
Goal is to be 500 or better out of November. They've guaranteed that. And then even if they have some weaknesses, they can address it in the trade deadline. But also the West is so wide open that they might not even have to make another move to go on a run. Yeah, 7-5 and five on the road this year. Like, good numbers on the road. Like, there's a lot of positivity. Uh, real quick before you ask me the next one. What do you think about this name? Uh, I don't know if he's available, but I know the Pistons are terrible. But uh, what about Boyan Bogdanovich? Think Boyan can get him? Uh, that guy would be interesting, but he's making uh, $18 million. So I don't worry about the contract situation because he well, has one year left, Tori. Yeah, but 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 you have to match salary. I know. Who are you? T- who I know are you, you t- do, Steve. Okay, so this is the first time do. we've talked trades. Let me preface this. Let me preface this. I'm like a huge CBA nerd. I know you are. That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why I go to you. That's why I ask. Yeah. If it's possible to get him. Yeah, yeah. So whenever I get asked a question about that, it's like if you're talking about a potential trade for a potential player, you got to think about, okay, well, how would we make that happen under the CBA? The thing is, is in regards to any trade, all right, this is just the just, just the reality. If the Blazers aren't really good, will Jody Allen want to pay the tax? The Blazers are right up against the tax. So you're talking about a guy making $18 million. You got to trade out $18, 19000000 million. Yeah, it's actually $19 million, so. Yeah, he's, okay, he's making $19 million. See, I... No, most contracts off the top of my head. I, I tried. You had it there with your Google cheat sheet. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so that's the thing is you're going to have to trade Josh Hart. Do you really want to trade Josh Hart plus other salary? You're probably going to have to trade Josh Hart, Nasir Little, and Justice Winslow for Bogdanovich. Is that worth it? I don't think that's worth it. You're just like rearranging the problems on the roster and you're sacrificing the future. And the other problem is Portland owes their 2023 lottery protected pick to Chicago this season. And that's lottery protected through like 2028. So in order to trade future first, they have to change the protections on that pick. It would most likely become a situation where you'd have to let that pick be unprotected to Chicago so that you could trade future first. In a deal. So that's the thing. Is like any any name like that. It's like you probably have to trade a future first. Is it worth unprotecting that first to Chicago in order to go and get Boyan Bogdanovich? The Blazers would have to be really, really good. And surely a playoff team in order to even think about that. Yeah, I mean, I admit that I'm not a cap expert. Like you, I've asked you salary cap questions before. Like before we did the podcast. Like I've asked you those type of things. Because I know like you and Eric are really good at that stuff. I would say, like, I definitely know the generalities of the salary cap and the CBA and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I know how to use the NBA trade machine. I know how to match contracts. Uh, but I definitely don't know the ins and outs. So I just, you know, I, I thought about him. I was, I was just looking at the standings. I'm and happy to explain it. Because here's the thing. Eric, uh, when we stream it's, together, it's, it's always it's, him explaining everything. And I'm sitting there like, I know the CBA too. And everybody calls I mean, Eric the CBA expert. So if I can be the expert on this podcast, I am yeah. happy. I mean, I'm good. Like, I don't, I, it's a little too inside baseball for me. Like, it's a little too much uh, in the weeds, but uh, I will definitely throw some questions out there. I just want to throw that out to you. All right, give me, give, give me the next one. Well, I'll just say this too. Any big time salary player is going to be tough. Any guy making like 12, 13, 14 million dollars or higher is going to be tough. Um, so I think the ideal target would be uh, cheaper guys making you know, two to $8 million or in that range. Um, you know, like a Kenrick Williams type player maybe would be the type of target. And he's a solid defensive player and an okay shooter. Like maybe that's your shooting off the bench, but he's 34%. Is that good enough? Probably not. So it's going to be hard to find targets. 
Yeah, with that said, uh, feel free. Drop a comment on the YouTube or uh, hit me up at Stephen V underscore V-O-N on Twitter, at Tori Jones YT on Twitter. Uh, so for some trade guys, I would love to hear some trade guys uh, that the fans want as well. So, Tori, give me a uh, question number two there. All right, so my second question that I asked my community over on Blazers Uprise Live, which is also where the video version of this is streaming, if you're listening to the podcast. If you want to see our faces, definitely go check out the YouTube. Uh, but... The second question I asked was, what's the biggest area of concern going forward? Is it the coaching? Is it the roster? Is it the injury situation? Or is it all the heavy minutes that guys have been playing? Hmm. Um, I think I would say the roster, and I think your community would say the roster. Uh, I, I think it's the roster because I am very worried about this bench unit. We talked about this earlier. I don't think that the bench is very good for the Portland Trailblazers. And I think they're missing the big key of someone off the bench that can handle the basketball and create their own shots. That's It's Shane Sharp's role, but he's been struggling lately. And I expect him to struggle a little bit more. He's only 19 years old. He's not going to be great the entire season. He's going to be up and down. We talked about Josh Hart maybe trying that experiment. I do think that the player that they need is not on this roster. Um, so for me, like, I still think the roster is not fully there yet, but to kind of go with my first answer, like I am excited because there's a lot of this roster that has fit well, like Jeremy Grant has fit in really well. Josh Hart, obviously from last year has fit in pretty well. Um, even a guy like Drew Eubanks, like he is fit in fine for his role on this team. I just think this roster is an unfinished, unfinished product. And I think ultimately that's going to hold the Blazers back. Cause I do trust Chauncey enough. Um, the minutes I think would be my second answer. I'm a little worried about the minutes, but, uh, not too worried about it. But I think for me, it's the roster. And I think your community would say the roster. Well, this poll only had 32 votes. The first poll had 60. So it was a better sample size than the first, but this one, I only 32 votes. The roster was actually the least of their concerns. Only 12% of people voted roster. Uh, 34% said heavy minutes. 28% said injuries. 25% said coaching. And twelve percent said roster. Okay, what would you what would you say? Because I, I I don't have a lot of worries about Chauncey. I know he's made a lot of mistakes lately. We've touched on them. Um, you know the switching that he's done has been poor. Jeremy Grant guarding guards has been poor. Um, they haven't been very uh, good offensively in the fourth quarter. A lot of times, a lot of ISO ball. But he's also done a lot of good things. So I'm not too worried about Chauncey. Where where's your head at in that question? Uh, I'd probably go with the injuries. I'd probably go with the injuries. I think the heavy minutes thing will be lessened by getting guys back. With That was my answer with the injury thing with Gary Payton II. Is it just because you're a Blazer fan? Because at some point, you just can't worry about injuries if you're trying to build a championship team. I mean, guys are playing heavier minutes because of injuries, so I guess those two answers kind of do go together. But um, with Dame, the fact that it's a calf is a little bit worrisome, and the fact that he uh, had two separate injuries to the same calf is slightly worrisome. And then the Gary Payton, the second stuff, you know, is definitely worrisome. Everything else, I think, you know, the Blazers playing heavy minutes, once they get healthy, you won't see that be much of an issue and they will have more rest days in the future. Coaching, there's things that are going to drive me crazy for the rest of the year. I don't know if Chauncey will learn how to match up the starting lineup, but when you get Gary Payton the second back, if the starting lineup is struggling to contain a star guard and Jeremy Grant's not getting the job done. I feel like Chauncey will be able to put Gary Payton the second in three, four minutes into a game and say, okay, well we're putting Gary Payton the second up against Kyrie or Luca or whoever. Right. And that can 
help out Chauncey make it can help Chauncey make the right decision on how to guard guys or maybe correct his mistakes to start the game. Um, roster wise, like you know, I just talked about what type of skill set we need, but I think when you have Dame back, I would maybe try and keep two starters on the floor at the same time and see how you can keep their minutes reasonable while still keeping two starters on the floor at the same time and I, I think if you do that you can have a right balance of skill sets it's just the starting lineup is heavy in shot creation you got three when Josh Hart has it going potentially four guys that can create their own shot and your center is more of a post-up guy more of a passer more of a three-point shooter than Drew Eubanks is Nurkic has been shooting the three ball well and has been finishing better uh as of late so if you can keep two of those five guys on the floor at all times, do you really have that much of a deficit there? I don't know. Now, you want enough floor spacing around them, but um, I think when they're healthy, you might be able to balance out lineups enough where it's not really a problem, and then you have enough uh, you know, offensive talent on this team to surely get things done that way, and you have some good defensive pieces. So just seeing how that could mesh long-term in that sort of scenario would be interesting. It sounds to me like you're a little worried about Chauncey because when you talk about the roster, that's more of like a Chauncey thing of he needs to do a better job of matching skill sets. Am I right? Am I off base on that? I mean, he kind of has, but like maybe not to the fullest extent. Like your whole thing of like, you know, he was talking about, you need to talk, you were talking about how they need to set guys up together, maybe put two guys with the back of whatever it was. Like that's on Chauncey. So like, I feel like you think the roster is good enough to, compete you, you talked about competing for a western conference um i don't think they're there so like for me i think this roster is the the main thing that i need i need more talent i need some better players on this team sounds like to me you like this roster enough to be a top three four seed you're more worried about can they put the right players together and that for me would fall on chauncey yeah well without dame with only four of your five starters it's really hard to balance lineups like that against the Knicks they kept two starters on the court at all times because they only played eight players right the problem is one of those starters was Justice Winslow and he played like 46 minutes and he's not a shot creator or a shooter or a starter or really yeah or a starter so uh you know that's kind of the problem there is he's supposed to be one of those bench pieces that's supposed to be you know a connective piece you don't you just don't have that that scorer off the bench that's the thing is um they don't have you know, if they had a Malik Beasley who's been playing well this year, or just a guy off the bench that could create, if Dame goes down, it's not really much of a problem because you can replace that shot creation. The problem is the Blazers just can't replace it. So uh, even when Dame's been healthy, you've seen Ant miss a couple games. That kind of coincided with Dame missing some games. But Nurkic has missed a couple games. Um, Josh Hart had a concussion. I don't know if he missed a game or not from that, but he wasn't really quite himself, it seemed like, right after that. So... I don't think he's gotten enough of a chance to really figure out how his rotations should go. So that's why I'm not really worried about that yet. I think that's something that he can figure out in time. I'm more worried about the matching up at starting at the start of games because I said before game number one, so this isn't hindsight. I said you don't put Jeremy Grant on those types of guards. And we've seen exactly why the first 20 games and he's still doing it. So it's like if he hasn't figured it out yet, will he ever figure it out? I don't know. So there are some things that I am worried about, but I, every coach has their flaws. And I think he 
has enough strengths as a coach to be a good head coach for this team. And schematically, I think he's better than Stotts was. Once the playoffs roll around, I think Chauncey might shine just with some of his game planning and creativity, uh, being able to mix things up. Uh, but right now, I'm not thrilled with the coaching, but I'm not worried. Yeah, and he's such a young coach, too. That's the thing. Like He's still learning on the job. So you, you got to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't have a lot of worries about Chauncey. There's some worries for sure. Um, I it just sound like you were a little worried more than I thought you'd be. So uh, I was interested in that. Uh, you got another one for me? No, that's it, that it. That's it. I was going to ask more poll questions to my community, but we got on a tangent about Sadiq Bay as a trade target. So that kind of distracted us for a while earlier today. At least we're thinking on the same page with the Pistons. So, uh, that's a team, uh, that's a team Portland needs to go out and poach some guys from it. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Sadiq Bey going to be a hard guy to get, and he hasn't been playing well this year, so we'll have more trade talk in the future. Um, maybe even episodes just dedicated to trade talk once we get closer to the trade deadline, because there are definitely a lot of interesting conversations to be had in that regard, uh, because, man, I can go in depth on trade scenarios and trade ideas for hours, uh, so not going to, you know make this a two-hour episode <laughs> no it's not it's not that time of year yet it's not that time of year i think it's the type of year where you start thinking about it though you think about what this roster is missing um and you look around the teams like okay this team is very good maybe they got some guys available but i'm with you like uh the blazers right now i'm excited like i said i'm excited 11 and 9 um they've had a very tough schedule but there's a lot of things that they can still improve uh, this season. And with that, uh, it's going to wrap up another episode of the Believe in Blazers podcast presented by Bet Online. For my man, Tory Jones, catch him on Twitter at Tory Jones YT. Catch him at Blazer Uprise. Catch him on all that good stuff. Catch me at Steven underscore VON. I am Steven Vaughn. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the rates, subscribes, reviews, all that kind of stuff. We do read it, we do love it. Um, and again, feel free to hit us up and tell us what trade targets are available because it's it's almost trade season. And that makes me excited. So, for again, for Tory Jones, I'm Stephen Vaughn. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.